Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B R B L A Bible. Here we go again. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Bondo with Most Certainly True and another Bible Reading Challenge podcast for you with my dear partner, Jim Hebner. How are you today? I'm great. Wonderful to be with you today This is on a, this rainy day. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect activity for a rainy day. Yeah, it is. Why, why not? Instead of going outside and, and uh, podcasting and picking up traffic noise, we can sit inside and listen to air-conditioned vents and mm-hmm. each other. And Yeah, thank Yeah, it's you. a great thing. Don't you remember I, that as a kid when you had a rainy summer day? Yeah. Then what do you do, right? You bring out the board games, mm-hmm. you do the, remember and the those? Books, hey, but the books, yeah. That's <laughs> List, fun. Maybe even listen to it if it's not too humid. Yeah, you like to go listen run around, but it's, it's, once something. in a while, a break. It, that's like us right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like, I like the straight noise sometimes. I think I'd like to do like a live podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and especially when like MSOE students are around. Yeah, honk, wave. Yeah. And what if we were gabbing about Bible books and people are just walking by? Wouldn't that I be suppose cool? they could shout and be distracting, but they all might also yeah. be like, what are these guys talking yeah. about? We have to have a honk if you love Jesus sign or whatever <laughs> thing. <laughs> You've seen bumper stickers like that, right? We wouldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, people would honk if they just saw us with microphones out there. They'd be all kinds of trouble. Yeah. We could always delete it and start over. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Happy 40 years of ministry today. Oh, how about that? Oh, how well, about thank that? you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You're very kind. Uh, yeah. No, it's really cool. Crazy. Where it's does nice, that time go? Nice <laughs> to celebrate. And I was going to ask you a very- This is the um, best way to celebrate. Yeah? I mean, if I have to mark that there's 40 years in ministry, what else would I want to do <laughs> than talk about a Bible book and talk about Jesus? You well, know, that's just- Well, well we better do that at yeah, some point. Yeah, you better then. watch out because I start- thinking about it and I'll get all fladubery and stuff like that. <laughs> Can you spell that word? <laughs> you Look it up. Fladubery. <laughs> I don't think I'd find it. Yeah. I was going to ask you a very important question though along those lines. Oh, yeah. And that is um and you've had um partners in ministry um for a while here at Grace and um I was going to ask you who your favorite associate pastor was in 2014. You see what I did there? <laughs> it would be it would be only you because you're the only one around in 2014. That's nice. And you you were thinking I was going to say Jesus, you know? <laughs> you still can. You still can. My favorite. My favorite. No, I would say at the end of 12 and 13 and 14 it would have to be Daniel Bonda was my favorite associate. <laughs> Hey, we'll always have that thing between us when I phone called you with a divine call and you had to throw up. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we... you had the flu. That was your excuse. I'm thinking, nice effect I have on this guy. Yeah, that was awesome. So the, the full story is our first conversation as I'm thinking about the call to grace back in, 20, yeah. in 2013, and we're um, we scheduled this and and whatever. And and Caleb, my son, had just gotten sick with the with over like New Year's or whatever, and. 
So here we are, you know, on the phone, and I got to tell you, I may have to leave this conversation to visit the but toilet. But all of a sudden, it was quiet. <laughs> I don't know if you even said that, and then all of a sudden, Anna is talking on the phone. He's throwing up. <laughs> okay, I'll call back. It's okay. Anna, would you cover for me? You know, I dart out of the room. That was she sees unbelievable. Me go and she comes to talk. You're listening to silence, and <laughs> and I came back, and I felt much better. The best. <laughs> well, the best part was, I think the next day we ended up talking, but you accepted the call and you ended up at Grayson. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it worked out in the end. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That's uh, so it goes. So it goes. The good that's memories. It. That's right. We've got uh, plenty of them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. after all these years. <clears throat> at least my stomach has gotten used to you since then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> there aren't many who can say that. <laughs> How many people can still stomach Hebner? Well, Bondo's got that I've, cast I've iron approach. Built up a tolerance. <laughs> <built> up. <laughs> oh, that's a relief. Oh boy. So we are going to talk about a Bible book today. Yeah, I suppose. In fact, we might talk about two. We might talk. This about could be the first one that we talk about two. Yeah. Then. And um, does that can make it doubly long? I don't know. But we have um, well, first and second Peter. Together, first and second Peter. Uh, so, and in our Bible reading challenge right now, if people listen to this today, uh-huh. um, they've probably finished First Peter, uh-huh. which is all good and well. Well, then they know the answer to the first thing I was going to talk about. But oh yeah. Anyway, go ahead. it could yeah. be trivia then. For no, that. that's well presented not as trivia. trivia. It's just kind of fun or fun. Okay, and then Second um, Peter is just coming up too. It's kind of a chapter a day, and and then later uh, in the coming weeks we enter into these really long books like Ezekiel and the Gospel oh, of John yeah, yeah. or something like that. So we've yeah. got we've got some time to podcast on those because it takes a while to get through it. Sure. So. But this will be fun, nice uh, New Testament epistles that uh, we get to think about from uh, the Apostle uh-huh, Peter. Uh-huh. So do we want to set some context a little bit and then get into yeah, some that of would the be content, fun. context I, before content? I, I think as we drop into the context, if, you're, I, I'd be, if you want to talk about that together, it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. The, the big picture, though, is that these are two letters that are great for podcasters, Bible readers, because of all the Bible books, they're all message from God. They're all important. They're all focused on get us closer to Jesus and heaven and all that. But First Peter is this. Okay, I'm a I'm a Bible reader. Is what a podcast listener is. I'm I'm a, I'm a, what, now why 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 is the Bible a big why why do I do this? Well, First Peter is the practical Christian living thing. We study the Word of God so we can live as God's people. Mm-hmm. And Second Peter. We study the Word of God so we can believe as God. Why do we believe this? What? So, you know, the Word of God affects our living and it affects our believing. These two letters, they're just great partners together. So I'll, that's kind of the general yeah, thing in my head. Yeah, and maybe without getting too far afield, I really appreciate your saying that. I noticed how often Peter does something of like a meta comment, how, how often he talks about the Word. And how, like, angels long to look, to look into these things, for yeah, example. Yeah. Or the word of the Lord endures forever. Or, you know, the ways that he, um, you know, think of Second Peter, and he's going to talk about mm-hmm. what we have in the testimony of the prophets and the apostles uh-huh. and what's standing in front of us. He, he talks about the word and our use of that word in both of them. Uh-huh. So that's a, that's a cool, you know, yeah. So if you are a Christian and you're saying, well, I am because God speaks to me. He actually communicates. He's not silent. He's not 
way up in the clouds far away. He wants to communicate from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1. What do you have? The first three words of verse 3 and verse 6 and verse 9 and verse 14 and verse, what is it? And God said, and God said, and God mm-hmm. said. God is a God, he already tells us in the very first chapter, who communicates. He mm-hmm. wants to communicate. He wants to relate. This is to us. What? He wants to relate his love, his story, his his promises, his connection to us that we are his, and uh, we get to live with him now and forever. So the word of God is a big deal. If you're a Christian, you that is the deal. That is it. The mm-hmm. word of the Holy Bible, the scriptures, this is... So now we have uh, people who listen on podcasts. Why? Because they want to read the Bible. Why do they want to read the Bible? Just, you know, for giggles, just because I said I went to the library and pulled it off the shelf and I accomplished that book and now I'm going to do the next one to it? No, it's unique. God is communicating. God is talking to us. Why? So we live, First Peter, in a, in a very difficult world, and Second Peter, so that we believe in a very difficult world and... Uh, now you're setting ahead. some some specific, a little bit more specific context for Peter. Yeah, you said and in a I difficult think, world with both. What, of what do them. you think as we go into this though? I, um, let's just talk about the Apostle Peter. I mean, yeah. why not? You know that. Yeah. Because we only, you know, the Apostle Paul. We get the 14 letters, and we all, you know, talk about him a lot. But you'd only get the shot to do this with him, Peter, in these two, because this is it. So, I mean, he influences Mark, who he mentions as his companion in these letters. And so we got Mark's gospel, which is Petrine, Peter-like. We mm-hmm. know that with its kind of bold sort of approach. And it's, you know, when you tell a story, don't tell them all, but tell them with great detail and with charge ahead and like a lion, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Peter, so we know from John's gospel in chapter one, when he's, Jesus is gathering his first followers that um, Peter and his brother Andrew, like Philip, are from the city of Bethsaida, which is, around the top of the Sea of Galilee on the other side, where Jesus later on, um, two years later, feeds the 5,000. So he's from Bethsaida. Mm-hmm. He spends most of his time or career, as far as we know, in Capernaum on the other side of the top of the Sea of Galilee on the western edge. As a fisherman, as a background, we know that his father's name is Jonah. We know he's got a brother, Andrew. Um, so, And we know he's married, because in Mark chapter 1, you know, Jesus yeah. shows up and he mm-hmm. heals Peter's mother-in-law. You don't get a mother-in-law unless you're married, yeah. you know. So, And uh, that's kind of the little stuff about him that's pretty interesting. And then there are, I think, in people's minds, other things about him. He, we can say with certainty, he is the leader of the 12 disciples. Why do we say that? Because the 12 disciples are presented to us in the Bible in four places three for sure that I can four I think it's the in lists. Matthew You're talking about the, the list lists. of 12 yeah mm-hmm. Matthew 10 Mark 3 Luke mm-hmm. 6 and Acts chapter 1 yeah those four and in every case in those four chapters Matthew 10 Mark 3 Luke 6 and Acts 1 mm-hmm. you have the 12 disciples in three groups of four and each group of four is always the same four but not the same order always and in each the f- of these three groups of four, the first group of four in all four accounts of the all four lists, Peter is number one, and then his brother Andrew and James and John. Well, they could be switched around, but Peter's Simon Peter is always first. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have the middle four, then you have the last four, and Judas is always last. It's always the same four in each of the three groups. 
So Peter, that's cool. We get the we get the sense, yeah. He and you could tell then by the Bible accounts where he is always, you know, leaping before he looks and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and shooting his mouth and mm-hmm. stuff that he has got that those leadership. Well, there's different styles of leadership, but his is mm-hmm. sort of, you know, jump ahead and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. we all know that. So then there are Bible accounts. I think our Bible readers know where they're just familiar things that you know scratch the memory banks and the cobwebs in the back. The things about Peter that you just well. He's the leader of the 12. He's in the inner three, mm-hmm. where you have Peter, James, and John up on the Mount of Transfiguration. You have him before that with uh, um, Jairus' daughter, mm-hmm. and then in Garden of Gethsemane, closer mm-hmm. to Jesus than the others. Um, you also have those famous accounts where when Jesus, um, after feeding the 5,000, sends them on a boat, and he's going to spend some time in prayer, then a storm comes up in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and he's walking on water, and Peter actually... <laughs> Walks to him. So this is a pretty famous Peter account. By the way, you know this too. I I know you do as a Bible, uh, voracious Bible student. But that account is in Matthew, Mark, and John. Luke doesn't record it. But the walking on water is only in Matthew of all things. I would have thought it would have been in Mark, you know, Mm because of the Peter influence. But it's only in Matthew. But anyway, uh, so that walking on water instance. And then not long after, you know, they're up north in Caesarea Philippi. Who do you... Do people say I am? And Peter has that beautiful confession. You are the Christ, the Son mm-hmm. of the living God. And on this rock, not you, Peter, but on uh, your confession, confession, I'll build my church. So you have those famous ones. And, of course, you have the famous denial, you know, as Jesus is on trial. We have the Easter appearances where it's just mentioned briefly that it's privately Jesus talks with him on Easter afternoon before appearing at night. And then you have the Acts chapter 2 Peter sermon on Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And then you Acts chapter 10 with the Cornelius incidents. And you got to widen your menu here because you're mm-hmm. also widening, widening your view of where the gospel target audience is. It's mm-hmm. not just a few, but everybody. So those are some famous ones, don't you think? Do you have some others that you yeah. can recall from the Peter thing about well, him in your mind? You, you know, the, like even the racing to the tomb and the reinstatement <laughs> of Peter, you know, do you love me? And there, you know, John 21. So, yeah, there's a, uh-huh. there's a lot that comes back. And you mentioned Pentecost and you've mm-hmm. got Peter, you know, um, as a leader with the collection, Ananias and Sapphira. That's you know, right. You, so you do see a lot of his uh-huh. stories and, and, you know, celebrating they were jailed for the gospel. I think there's, a, yep. there's all these Acts times 12, his name right. keeps coming up. So, uh-huh. yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think it's the early church gets this. And, and especially as you sprinkle into the book of Acts and you see the dynamic that Peter's going to bring up of the suffering Christian church, oh, yeah. you know, and, and that Peter himself has experienced this and what are the things he is remind, reminded of and knows as his anchor mm-hmm. and his hope and um, what is it like to be a Christian and put your hope in God and Whoa. this is going to spill out. You Here know, it comes in the letter. He's got something he knows. I know you need to hear this. That's right. For people who are suffering mm-hmm. in a, as you said, they need hope in a difficult, yeah. you know, living in a difficult world. Unlike Paul, where we get in Acts the track of his missionary journeys and then eventually arrest a couple of years later on the boat to Rome, we don't have a ministry track path of Peter. Uh, we do get from these letters the sense that he ends up in Rome because he has that interesting line near the end of First Peter where you know, the greet the saints of saints of Babylon and he uses that phrase, you know, is that Mesopotamia Babylon or is that Rome? Probably a reference to Rome because church tradition, Eusebius is the historian who says it, mm-hmm. that um, 
we're we're then assuming that Peter is in Rome somewhere 60 to 64 AD mm-hmm. and the Ronian persecutions would be coming because Nero was emperor from 54 to 68 but the Neronian persecutions against Christians were like 64 to 68 so yeah. it's very likely that that's where he the historians say that's where Paul and Peter both died in Rome and crucified upside down for Peter is the yeah is the story but that's not in the bible right like tradition is that also in your memory bank that that same yeah something around there yeah so that possibly peter died in 68 you know 67 68 all right Mm -hmm. exactly yeah yeah and nero's uh, if we wanted to talk about nero's persecution Uh you know a little bit I, I believe there are historians, you've got, I don't know if you say Tacitus or Tacitus, I don't really know. Usually we said Tacitus back in the day. But okay, and, and Tertullian, you know, they're, they're yeah. writing mm-hmm. histories and they're talking about these, um, like Emperor Nero and his context. And mm-hmm. I think leading up, Romans' view of their gods would have said that <clears throat> we have a history in our empire, in our in our loc- locality, even of, of local gods and stories and uh, things that they use to say religion is something that's healthy for our state and produces, you know, piety and respect and honoring the tradition and the rituals that we have yeah. in our in our culture. And Christianity was this nomadic thing. It wasn't anchored yeah. to a. It didn't have the Jewish history. It was like this renegade, rebellious. What is this? Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it didn't get respect uh, among them for that reason. It was like something that would undermine your society mm-hmm. rather than giving it something of the stable historical foundation that they had before. Right. And I think one of the comments that is made is that Nero. When this fire happens in Rome, that mm-hmm. you know, possibly Nero started it because look at all the the rebuilding that he does in Greek style, and that maybe he wanted to do yeah. this. He he wanted he, urban renewal, and he wanted to clean out the mm-hmm. the ghettos or whatever else, and mm-hmm. all the shacks and rebuild. So you know, and as he does that, then he's got he, these Christians he can blame for that. <laughs> that's right, and throw them in a ridiculous persecution that mm-hmm. is sort of like, uh, you know, maybe if you if you said stick it to him Nero at the beginning I think by the end you're like he's a little twisted and the more than that thing, yeah right more than yeah he's you know is he borderline insane how do you trust this guy when he's <laughs> this yeah. isn't just mm-hmm. um dealing with something that undermines our society this is uh inhumane cruelty and, right. and ridiculous madman abuse of these people. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's uh, interesting to get that flavor of a persecution time mm-hmm. and that Peter's going to then write these letters that is going to encourage people in somewhat Pauline territory, but say, you need to hear this. And I yeah. know you need to hear this. And the target and, audience and went beyond them. from that Rome <laughs> area, right? Because yeah. he starts out, he's he probably from a ministry path had been in Asia Minor in pr- places where Paul thought he was going to go and never went, which was the northern part of Turkey, the northern part. Mm-hmm. You know, Pontus and Pimp up there and that kind of stuff. Yeah, his list at the beginning, yeah. you're saying. At yeah, first, first so Peter. it seems to me that he had some knowledge of those people up there. Now, was he missionary journey up there and whatever? Mm-hmm. But I mean, the letter is beyond is intended for beyond that even the people where he's probably ending up in Rome mm-hmm. uh, and the Christians all over but all you know a specific audience it seemed and then he repeats in second he he says in second Peter this is my second letter to you you know so his original intended audience you know he's aiming it to northern Asia Minor northern Turkey but it's intended for us and for all Christians. But it's interesting that that background is there mm-hmm. because what they were going through, somehow these Christians in the Roman Empire, in northern 
Turkey, Northern Asia Minor, wouldn't be totally different from what Christians in Rome are experiencing. You know, this, yeah. you know, who are you? And you're, I think, you know, the, I, I appreciate what you said about the Nero thing, because what came to my mind is imagine being Jewish when Hitler comes into power in Germany, you know, leading up to the world and during World War Two. that kind of, you know, you know, you're, it's against his vision of what German culture should be, and he's jealous of their success, and he's putting pressure on them in every possible way. Well, the Christians in Rome are like these outcasts in under Nero, and now what? Yeah, right? Because mm-hmm. now persecution is... It's not easy to live as a Christian in a hostile society. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the theme when we're talking about now First and Second Peter. This first letter is written to people who are... How do you live in a hostile society? And then I love you use the word hope and anchor. You know, when your hope, which is sort of a theme for him, sort of it is, mm-hmm. in First Peter, that how do you have hope, eternal hope, and uh, how do you hang on to that? and make it practical for my living in a hostile world. Mm-hmm. And that, that really is very contemporary. I mean, our podcast listeners probably are done with First Peter. It's worth going back and reading again. It mm-hmm. doesn't take that long because put yourself in modern 21st century as a Christian and then read this letter again. This is Peter, God speaking through Peter to us. It is not easy being a Christian in 21st century America. Mm-hmm given the media pressure, given the societal pressure, given academia pressure of this is all a bunch of nonsense and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so we're now in our days in our church body, we're thinking more in terms of how do we help Christians with apologetics, the big word, how do you defend yourself Mm -hmm. when you're under attack? Mm -hmm. And how do you just live with neighbors who look down their nose at you and think you're nuts, you know? Mm -hmm. Really, seriously, you're getting up and you're going to church? Mm -hmm. Really? We could be at, you know, brunch and what are you you doing? You're reading the Bible? What is that? Why That's archaic, ancient, what what is that? Well, this letter is for you Mm -hmm. and for me, dear Christian, right? Yeah. It's it's not easy living in this uh, anti-Christian society that we live in. I'm glad that you said all of that because I think it helps us um, helps us uh, relate to everything that Peter is going to say. Yeah. And what surprises me, and maybe we could talk about some specifics if we think of them, um, that in First Peter, it's never a <clears throat> there's no excuses. <laughs> You know, there's never a presentation of Christianity that in light of this persecution, we really should tone something down or in our hearts, we should kind of, you don't have to let your, you know, when you you live before the pagans, you show them, show them what love is, you know, and, and uh, live such good lives. Let it be a testimony to them in this crazy world. We heard, just heard the same thing from uh, John Hine, the chairman of congregational services for our synod, you know, how important that that testimony of your life is first to be able to introduce, and this mm-hmm. is why I live as I do. And he includes, um, so always be ready to give an answer to anyone mm-hmm. who asks you the reason for the hope you have, right? I mean, just, mm-hmm. and, but with gentleness and respect. Yeah. Right? You know, that's, yeah. It's, um, you but, end up with Peter running, uh, building up the energy inside of for why, why mm-hmm. we do anything in a Christian life, and and so when and once he does that, it it unloads into every part. Submit to authority, submit to one yeah. another, love deeply, you know, yeah. and it's it's to the max expression of faith that well, this that, living is. That leads into my thinking about the letter then, um, and its flow because. Mm-hmm. You know, we we should probably have time. I, we will, I'm sure, to talk about some specifics because it's an again one of these letters of the Bible 
where how does he do this in these five little chapters in First Peter I'm talking about hit on such major doctrines as you go through it. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? He just does that. He just hits on everything that you can imagine that you can, whoa, it just, it, and all of a sudden, it's just a line or two here or there. But, you know, you're talking about everything from the reality of the strength and power of the word of God to um, universal priesthood doctrine to how does a Christian live in relation to the government and in employer-employee situations and spouses all the way into evangelism and witnessing and living with suffering. And you have, I mean, there's even statements in there of the descent into hell and all that, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't the chapter three? You know, you, you get the whole creed. You yeah. get the, the, uh, the whole, it's just, and then you get into four living and suffering and then you have like ministry stuff in chapter five. It all, mm-hmm. there are a lot of big doctrines that come, it just flows. So when I think about this letter, I think of it from his introduction in chapter one, it's it starts off with praise God and at a paragraph that years and years ago, you're talking about, I've been doing this a while, what I remember back in my internship of our vicar year, we, I sometimes tell people internship because they don't know what vicar means, but you know, um, and I visited a lot of people who were homebound and uh, I was looking for passages that would be cool and comforting and I used Psalms quite often. Mm-hmm. And then I here's one, First Peter chapter three, chapter one, verses three to nine. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you know that He refines our faith like fire, and that you know, even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are. Mm-hmm. Right, it's Filled. just whoa! It's just it's so that that's that praise God section starts it off. It's just beautiful, and then there's a section in chapter one and two about be holy. He just goes right out and says, just be mm-hmm. holy. Wow, what a high. But then it's not only the encouragements that come in four different ways, but then the reasons for it. You are living stones and you are royal priests and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then we have that later in chapter two, he flows right into, now you're living in an ungodly world, but how do you do that in relation to government and you know employer-employee things? He talks about slaves and then spouses. And then there is uh, the next section on uh, the uh, do good. In a in a hostile society, in chapter three, mm-hmm. you know, and why and why, you know, what mm-hmm. why are you doing good? And that whole witnessing thing is in there, and you still have this hope in Christ. Then in chapter four is now, you know, you are suffering and it's real. And how how do you handle that? How do you as a Christian live with? How do you cope? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest chunk mm-hmm. in there. It's a beautiful section, chapter four, especially verses twelve to seventeen. And then he finishes off in chapter five with you know God providing you under shepherds, spiritual shepherds who will care for your faith and cast all your anxiety, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Look out for the devil. And that, and it's, it's a beautiful flow, I think, through this letter, a very practical Christian living. Mm-hmm. And then in it, he's got all these lines and all these phrases. You know, you go back into that mention, what I mentioned in chapter one, that praise section that I have in memory because it's just so, if, if people want to go visit a relative or comfort themselves, or you talked, for example, your brother-in-law is struggling, well, you read First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9, you know, and that's just, whoa, so uplifting. Mm-hmm. Or then in chapter 1, Christ redeemed us, not with silver or gold, but with his holy precious blood. What a line, huh? Mm-hmm. It just don't you love that one? Yeah, I just you know he redeemed us. Lines. You know that there it is. In chapter two, you know you have not only craving spiritual milk, which is a podcaster's dream. That's what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. studying and reading the Bible. But then you get that <laughs> you are living stones and that beautiful section about you know you're a holy people, a royal priesthood, mm-hmm. right? And why? So that you could pro- declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness. Mm-hmm. Just these beautiful little 
lines that are in First Peter, just wow, you know, mm-hmm. you can go through again and again, and you're going to be suffering, but you know, Jesus suffered, and he suffered for the right reason, for you, you know, and you're, yeah, you're wandering sheep, but he's, and he quotes like from Isaiah 53, right? Isn't that, yeah. it's whoa. And then how about some of those precious lines too about gender interaction in marriage, where he's encouraging women, what counts really is your inner beauty, and you women are mm-hmm. so powerful and so strong and so amazing. It's that inner beauty glowing out that just mm-hmm. knocks people's socks off and, yeah. in fact, may even affect your husband who doesn't believe if you're married to a not, and he'll be so won over by you because of your heart and your inner beauty. That's just, it's a powerful stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he says to the husband, don't forget the fact that you need to be very considerate and uh, respectful of this partner who could easily be hurt and wounded. Uh, not weak and physically or not weak mentally, but, you know, mm-hmm. vul- vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like like you have uh, comparing, I suppose, a husband to a hammer and a wife to a Waterford crystal <laughs> vase, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be careful how you handle this precious, expensive vase, right? And that's just, and then that evangelism section in chapter 3, give the reason for the hope you have. I love those, you know. Yeah. So these passages are just throughout the letter, and I mentioned some earlier, but you've got tons of them in your head, too. But that's the first you, Peter. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you, you imagine a day, what if we were, like, stuck in jail together, and we were just <laughs> sitting here, and we could, we could like, work hard to remind ourselves of all the passages <laughs> we remember and write them down anyway. You, know, you, can never, you can never take the book from us if we keep reading and memorizing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. I had a weird image. In light of what you're saying, yeah. um, you see these beautiful lines of gospel proclamation the reality of who we mm. are in Christ. You have all these things sprinkled throughout. And I had a weird image in my head as I thought about First Peter with, of like somebody adrift at sea ah. all by themselves. And in the ways... That, Wilson! Oh, Right, thank you. With, <laughs> without an imaginary friend, that's a volleyball. Um, um, or maybe that's all you're holding on to. But the, the idea of yeah. that there are so many different things in life that would want to pull you under, uh, uh, the kind of suffering or the relational you know, hurts or uh, abuses or things that are happening to you, um, and how he finds so many ways with all of his um, encouragements mm-hmm. to like to buoy to you know to get under um and kind of pull you up yeah if you're like being pulled down by strings that made it hard for mm-hmm. you to pursue an all-out christian life you know he's giving you reason after reasons to stay afloat <laughs> you yeah. know and not yeah. just reason after but the strength and the mindset and the mentality that rides and really that's, walks on water with yeah. him you know it, in isn't a that sense. that's really a good picture and good imagery because peter did that you know yeah and he knew what it was like to take his eyes off of jesus and sink but also have jesus hand pull him back up in the boat and mm-hmm. he he just he that's beautiful i, I like that analogy it's very you, what i mean how how does he come back to god as creator and entrust yourself to the creator um in suffering and and follow the pattern of jesus and the redeemer the, right. the, who's the chief the chief shepherd and the shepherd and overseer of our souls <laughs> there's always somebody up on top yeah. who is our glorious lord and savior none of this has disappeared keep your eyes above the water mm-hmm. you know see see the sunshine i'm probably ruining the metaphor well no you're but, not because look at chapter three when he's he refers even to noah and ties it to baptism 
in the water there, mm-hmm. right? I and mean, that's right after that section of mm-hmm. Christ redeemed us, you know, by, and then by becoming a right, and then he, so he he died. The righteous, I love that line, the righteous for the unrighteous, mm-hmm. which is really cryptic and really short. But what is that? You know, well, the righteous one, Jesus, in place of for all of us unrighteous, a powerful passage. Mm-hmm. And then he goes in, who right in the fleshly mode of existence is going to go through all this suffering, but in the now exalted mode of existence, he even is proclaiming to the spirits and the reference of the sent to hell, I won, Mm -hmm. I won, Mm -hmm. you know, which is our victory then and beautiful stuff that comes up. And, you you know, you talk about that, Peter throughout the letter saying, who's on top pulling you up like the buoy if you're raft in the middle of the ocean, you're tending to sink. Think of even how he ends it. Right, the devil's out there prowling around. But right, you know, before that, humble yourselves under the, that he may under lift God's, you up in due time. Huh? Under God's Cast all your anxiety on him because mm-hmm. he cares for you. Wow. Those of us who deal with anxiety, isn't that a great passage to have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I put all this together, I think of some of the great encouragements we can give people who are struggling for a long time, mm-hmm. which is all of us. <laughs> and and that would just be to, to go long in God's love and power for you. And yeah. Peter's way of of making sure that we don't just go long in the aches and pains of life, but how is he coaching us to think about the creed? Mm-hmm. I mean, when he's spending all of this time analyzing the way, not analyzing for just analysts' right. sake, but thinking about Jesus' suffering. How, what was it like? What did he do? And, and how is this an example for us? I mean, how many times could you repeat the creed mm-hmm. and really meditate on all the things that Jesus has done as mm-hmm. a source of encouragement for you uh, because he went from cross to crown? And I I love that, that it's yeah. go long in what God does and has done for you and... um you'll stay, you'll, mm-hmm. you know, this is how mm-hmm. God preserves and keeps us. Which goes back to how we started. I mean, this, from a from a Bible reader standpoint, those who are listening to a podcast like this, they're Bible readers, right? And so what is this? This mm-hmm. is a letter that helps me focus on and hang on to that eternal hope, that joy, which is mine now mm-hmm. and ours now, right? And forever in the midst of a hostile society and a difficult and struggles that can go our whole life. And mm-hmm. then, but there, it buoys us up and I, it, it's it's a beautiful beautiful letter. Let's do Second Peter. Second Peter, right? It's shorter, you and to the same original believing, audience, believing. Right? Yeah, and so kind of the backdrop of false teachers. Well, so why do I'm I'm looking at it this way? So why do we do the Word of God? Why do we study it? Why do we grow in it? Why do we? Because Peter ends his two letters, Second Peter chapter three verse eighteen, grow in the grace and knowledge of our. So from a <laughs> from a Bible reader standpoint, that would be your theme. Mm-hmm. He ends the two letters with the passage that is our dream, our theme. If you're a podcast listener and you're a Bible reader, mm-hmm. that is it right there. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So you have the scriptures, what, in chapter 1, so I can live, hanging on to hope. But now, Second Peter, so that I believe. I have these word of God to believe, what? So I believe with certainty, chapter 1. I have the word of God gives me certainty. Mm-hmm. Chapter two, the word of God is going to help me in contrast and deal with error. Because, you know, we live in a postmodern world where there is no absolute. There is no absolute truth. There is, well, guess what? Peter is saying, <laughs> you, I don't care postmodern, modern. I don't care what kind of society or culture you're living in. There is truth, but there also is error. Mm-hmm. So the word of God is the big deal in the first letter for my living. But in the second letter, for my believing, I want to be able to have the Word of God so I have more certainty, chapter 1. Mm-hmm. I want to be have the Word of God and get into it so I can fight off and stay 
hanging on to the truth and fight off error, and in chapter 3 now so I can live, thankfully, with the end in mind, because that's now Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be believing, and I can do that with certainty, chapter 1, right, because he's going to go from his introduction paragraph into, you know, I was an eyewitness on the Mount of Transfiguration, and you might think that that was one of the coolest experiences that any human being could have. Yeah, it was, but we got something better. <laughs> better than the Mount of Transfiguration mm -hmm. is the Word of God that's sitting right there in your hands in front of your eyeballs. Mm -hmm. That's even makes your faith, your trust in God, and your life as a Christian and your eternity even more certain. Yeah. I got a lot of certainty by being on the Mount of Transfiguration, but I got even more because the Word of God gives me certainty. And this is what cuts Lutheran Christianity, by the way, from all their kinds of Christianity. It is our certainty. And Peter says it right there. Doctrine of verbal inspiration. Holy cow, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And with just a side uh, yeah. connection to that. He's, yeah. he's working on our, our growth in this certainty, right? Yeah. And and as he encourages that, you think of even the, the grace and peace be yours in abundance. Well, you can't make God's grace <laughs> and peace grow, or but I can become more and more sure of it. Yeah. You know, and he's encouraging this throughout the beginning of the letter. Uh -huh. And even, as you mentioned, coming back in chapter three. Make your calling like an election sure. Reminding and refreshing. <laughs> and I'm going to say these, so you want to remember these things. Uh -huh. I'm going to keep these things in front of you so you not only maintain your certainty, but then you would then grow in it as well. It's, right. it's a huge, I don't know if you call it meta-narrative, on um, our use of God's word regularly in our lives. Yeah. And then in chapter 2, just like Jesus did, and that timing is interesting because you've got me scheduled for Bible class this coming on a Sunday when I'm looking in chapter 17 where Jesus Luke is saying— Luke 17? Luke, in Luke. Did mm -hmm. I, I say it wrong? No. In Luke. It's Luke in the Gospel 17. Yeah. I must have misspoke. But anyway, in that chapter, Jesus is talking about as we lead up to the end of things that the days are going to be pretty bad like they were with Noah— a lot of unbelievers around. It's going to be hard to hang on there. And like it was for Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. Well, the Apostle Peter is sitting there listening to Jesus talk about this because in chapter 17, he steps away from the Pharisees. He's talking only to his disciples about this. Mm -hmm. Bad stuff. It's going to be tough before Judgment Day, kind of like the days of Noah, kind of like the days of Lot. Mm -hmm. Well, Peter, who's listening now in chapter 2, is saying, guess what? Living in this world is kind of like the days of Noah, kind of like the days spare, of Lot. <laughs> if God did not spare angels, if God did not right. spare this, if look at this example. Yeah. And he see says it. the same thing Jesus did in Luke 17. You know, it's, this mm -hmm. is a chapter two. I love that. You know, so, but again, it's what am I believing so I have certainty, chapter one, now so I can be able to deal with this hostile world and especially error. Mm -hmm. Now, that's an interesting sidebar, by the way, if we can talk about that. Yeah. So um, I've I've mentioned this in some of our, Podcast listeners are voracious Bible readers. They've been in Bible studies and probably heard me use this analogy before. I usually think about this and talk to people about this when I get to the last book of the Bible in Revelation, you know, where you have the, the four horsemen coming out and, you know, they're, it's what is that? It's an imagery that there's, guess what? There's going to be challenges to your Christian living. How are you going to hang in there, you know? And then what's the worst thing? What's the worst attack on our Christian faith and belief? What's the worst thing that we're going to have to deal with? And um, so I give to people this little scenario. Okay, God comes to you and he says, all right, you, dear Christian, are going to have to live, live through one of these. And you can pick which one you want to live through. Mm -hmm. You can be living through famine and be like totally hungry, starving for like a long time, like painful, almost dying. 
you can be sick, like as in really, really sick, as in cancer sick, as in dying, as in you got to live through that somehow. And you're going to experience pain like you've never felt before. Mm-hmm. And the most, you know, you just they're going to, they don't have morphine available. You're just going to have to live through this pain. <laughs> or you're going to be on the front lines in battle and guns and bullets are going to be shooting at you and they're going to come and they're going to wing you and they're going to hit you, not just your toe, but they're going to, you know, like through your shoulder and you're going to, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, or you can experience in your life some false doctrine. Okay. You get to choose what are you going to live through. You want to have this... <laughs> total hunger you want to be totally sick or you want to be totally shot at and beaten up or whatever or some false doctrine which would you prefer you know to live through right and so people are going to go well i'll take false doctrine Mm -hmm. but guess what not so much you Mm -hmm. look in the book of revelation which has imagery of all these things the scariest one is false doctrine why because famine you know empty tummy or sickness or 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 bullets they can they could kill your body and but false doctrine put you in hell and it's interesting to me that as we roll our way through the Bible as a Bible reader, you get to the end. <laughs> and now you're first Peter, second Peter, Jude, first, second, third, John, Revelation. You get this massive end of the Bible, look out for false doctrine. Mm-hmm. Look out for false teaching. Mm-hmm. It's not a warning about war. Mm-hmm. It's not a warning about disease. It's not a warning about yeah, okay, we live in an ungodly society and you're going to have persecution. The real warning is false doctrine because that can take you to hell. That's why we make such a big deal about the Bible around here, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we want people to read the Bible, study, stay close to God, stay close to... Because there is such a thing as truth mm-hmm. and then error. Yeah. Look out. And uh, one of the ways, if I can... Am I interjecting? I'm, I'm, yeah. I love it. You're one not interjecting. One of the ways he <laughs> reflects the difference with truth and error throughout this letter <laughs> is to take things to their ultimate end. He's he's so eschatological. I shouldn't say that. He's That's so a big word. End, I like it. You know, end time-ish with, uh-huh. his, with the outcomes. And to say that these false teachers are going to be condemned and yep. they will be punished. Yep. But, you know, to kind of trace the line and say, this is this is dangerous for this reason. And uh, and to explain yep. that, I think they will end up in hell. Constantly doing right. that in this letter. And then to finish it off then, because now we have to live with this in this world, right? So we, we have the word of God to have with certainty chapter one. Now we have to look out for error because the end goal for them is not good. You don't want to be there. But then the end goal is chapter three. Now live your life. And know that the end will come, Judgment Day. But guess what? You've got a Savior God who wants all to come to repentance, and He doesn't want anyone to perish. And He just wants. And with the day, with the Lord, you know, a day's like a thousand years. So it's going to seem like a long time for you. For God, it's mm-hmm. the end is coming. Even though people will say, "No, it won't." Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. The heavens mm-hmm. will be destroyed. But go ahead and live your Christian life because I'm by your side. I'm there, and you can do it because you know what? Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to make it. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. That's just a cool thing. Yeah. And again, God's patience in the light of, <laughs> you know, setting our times and days in the light of Judgment Day. Wow. And it's certain reality. Uh-huh. Uh, wrapping it up in chapter three. It's really going to happen. There really will be an end of time. There will, yeah. Now, when, we don't know, but there yeah. really will be an end. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but that's an end of this earth, not the end of our God, not the end of his love, not the end of us with mm-hmm. him, not the end. No, mm-hmm. that's just, we go on and on and on. Forever enjoy, and that's Second Peter. What a it's an interesting letter. And do you remember reading through this? Uh, I haven't done it recently in Greek. 
reading through Second Peter yeah, in Greek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't done it recently either. But uh, yeah, what what is your reaction when you got to that? When I got that to Greek, what? The, the reading the Greek in Second Peter. Oh, well, it's a, a little unique, right? The well, unique and, and hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You read through John's gospel, it's like, I don't have to look up any word in the dictionary. I can kind of read, right? <laughs> you know? These are the words you look yeah, It's deep look theological up. thoughts, mm-hmm. soaring like an eagle, right? Very, very penetrating to the soul and very lofty. Mm-hmm. But the language used is simple. And the Greek is original in, in right. translates. Yeah. But in Second Peter, whoa, that's probably some of the hardest Greek that I've... Mm translated through i mm-hmm. i think in the whole new testament what else would you put with that would you put what hebrews maybe yeah. james yeah what else in greek is that hard mm-hmm. as far as could the the vocables the words are like you gotta look up every other word they're different the grammar structure is it just it's a it's greek and you know you can slug through it if you're mm-hmm. a pastor guy and we you know but it's 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 slugging through and it doesn't mean it's not important it's beautiful but it's it's challenging mm-hmm and yet, his only goal, as you said before a while ago, we we keep rambling on in this awesome podcast. Yeah, but yeah. you know, he's he's reminding. I'm taking two letters, and I'm going to remind you. Yeah. Um, so I just yeah. it's don't get thrown off by difficult is. Greek stuff. It just I don't want to yeah. throw people off. It's just a fascinating yeah. sort of personal insight. But anyway, that it just these are letters that are clear and fun and easy to read. But they're very meaningful mm-hmm. uh, for people in their living and in their believing, and that's that's just they're powerful. Love them. Yeah. Wonderful tandem of letters, and not only are they a wonderful tandem, but this is this is most, most certainly, certainly true. true. Thank you, Dad. Start. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to keep him long. They are weak and he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. 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 The Bible tells me so.